1: That's some Colts news today that is certainly not great. I don't know the effect and uh, <laughs> how big it is going to be, but certainly is a story. We'll dive into that right now. Kevin Bowen, the morning show. That is the morning wake-up call with KB and Andy, weekday morning, 7 until 10 a.m. Kevin's joining us now. Al-Kadeen Muhammad got popped today, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah, Six games, yeah, I don't know if there's something going through the defensive line room or what. Um, I honestly forgot he was on the Colts, John. They like, all drinking out, the,
1: drink out of the same water bottle or something over there? What's happening?
0: Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Grover did have them all over for those kitchen sink wings back during the hard knocks years. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I honestly see Alkane Muhammad in the locker room like once every three weeks. And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, he is on the practice squad. <laughs> I, I, How about the same I, thing? I don't yeah. yeah. That he's here. You know, he started every game for this team two years ago. Uh, he started all 17 games and was actually kind of a somewhat important guy for the defensive line room for a couple of years. But yeah, I was in Chicago last year with Iberflus, and then i was been on the practice squad all year. I think he joined the team just before camp or right in camp. So. Yeah, six games, performance-enhancing drugs that will bleed into next year if they don't make the playoffs.
1: It's uh, Kevin Bowen, and that's Al-Khadeem Muhammad, by the way, the news coming in in the last 20 or so minutes. I want to stay here with the Colts when we get into basketball with you coming up in just a minute. But um, I thought I wanted Jacksonville to win on Monday night because I think Tracking down Jacksonville, even with their injury situation, at quarterback is a lost cause right now, given they played twice and lost twice. I just didn't want to see an inspired Bengals team coming up on Sunday. And now now that's what you're going to get. And And Browning looked good, and you combine that with, obviously, the best wide receiving group this team has seen this season being the Colts. I don't like that combination. I wanted to see the Bengals be droopy and not have a great deal of hope coming out of Monday, and evidently going into Sunday, they kind of feel like they have some.
0: Yeah, I think I agree with you wholeheartedly, there, John. I mean, not only did they create hope, they created hope at their most important position, and that's quarterback. Um, you know, it's not like they won some game, whatever, ten to six, and had to overcome Jake Browning. Uh, they won because of him. I mean, it's it's insane, really, the numbers he put up Monday. And, and, you know, I think a lot of people can look at the box score and see 350 and, you know, whatever he was, 85%, and that obviously speaks for itself. But if you look deeper at it as well, you know, I oftentimes think this with backup quarterbacks, young QBs, et cetera, you know, what you want to do is you want to blitz them, um, see how they react to that, and then, you know, in all likelihood, if they are going to find success as throwers, it's just going to dink and dunk their way, you know, down the field. And if you watch the first quarter last night, that, that's or uh, Monday night, that's kind of what they did with Browning. And then all of a sudden, once that second quarter came, and he had hit it, I think he did his first 10 in a row, uh, boy, everything changed. Um, I think he was 8 of 13 for like 150 against the Blitz. Was not sacked. I mean, 13 attempts against the Blitz. Wasn't sacked once. 8 of 13. Uh, and then on throws of over 10 yards, he was 8 of 9 for like 180. So, I mean, this is not dink and dunk after that first quarter. Obviously hit Jamar Chase on a couple of big ones. It just made some huge throws late uh, to get them you know, into overtime and then, you know, to uh, to win it there in OT. So, um, just sets up a huge one. I mean, they're super dynamic. It's probably the best field group you'll face all year long. Agreed. Uh, uh, I think wideout-wise, certainly I think Joe Mixon uh, runs, you know, incredibly hard and is really a dynamic player as well. So, Yeah, it's going to be a great challenge. I know Mother Nature looks a little ugly for this weekend. We'll see if that impacts it at all. But, uh, yeah, this is going to be a big challenge.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Seven and five right now are the Colts, and uh, it's still uh, firmly as of right now in the playoff picture and in the AFC. And that could change, again, depending upon that schedule. But you look at that schedule and you feel good about that. How good do you feel about consistently getting enough – out of this offense because it was fantastic. There's Alec Pierce making some big plays. I had Michael Pittman Jr. on yesterday, the game winner. You know, obviously he has been consistent for Gardner Minshew. Is Gardner Minshew going to be that consistent quarterback here that is necessary for them to carry this team into the postseason given the schedule they have in front of them?
0: Yeah, you know, if you've watched Minshew for six or seven games, you would say that that Alex Pierce involvement is not going to be super consistent. <laughs> I mean, if you could guarantee it, then I- I'd probably change my answer, but never really been Minshew's MO. Um, and again, I think a lot of things have to fall into place for you to hit those deep balls, particularly when it's not, you know, Anthony Richardson from a you know, arm strength standpoint, and you're not just going to fling it down the field a little bit more, you know, Minshew's much more methodical when he is taking those chances. So uh, that's probably one that I can't say with a lot of confidence it's going to happen. But, again, if you can just, you know, Sunday to me is just a reminder of no matter who's playing quarterback or how the game's going, you just have to take, I think, three or four shots to pierce every game. Um, you know, obviously you probably aren't going to hit them, you know, super, super consistent. But, you know, we see it every week in the NFL. Hell, at, at one point it was Carson Wentz's best play as a Colt, you know, throw the deep ball and underthrow it and you'll get a penalty. I mean, defensive backs, they panic all the time in those moments. They lose the ball. Uh, You know, Pierce has shown clearly an ability to beat coverage. Um, And I thought, you know, just doing that on a consistent basis, showing the defense, Hey, no matter what, even if our guy, you know, whatever, isn't some, you know, huge velocity, deep ball thrower, we're going to take chances. It sends a message and they have to account for that. And that's a big, big deal, I think. So, if you can do that, I do think it can open up some other things. But, again, you know, Moxie from Minshew and overtime, well, 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 that was great. And, obviously, a huge reason why the Colts won that game. Uh, there was a lot in those first 60 minutes that I just can't overlook.
1: Yeah, and that's what concerns me with, and Kevin Bowen joins us, about a secondary, and, I, and I'm with you. I know you've said some good things about Daryl Baker Jr., because he was buried by basically everybody, including his team, early this season, when he was benched, and he has responded, well, he's responded really exactly how you'd want a player on your team to respond, but... In that secondary with him in that group, this is a, a test. And to see Browning get his feet beneath him and start making plays in the fashion in which he did in Jacksonville, that to me is overly concerning. How How concerned are you about that secondary being able to match up with this group of receivers that Cincinnati has, even without Joe Burrow being the pass thrower that's going to get them to football?
0: Yeah, it's it's a huge storyline. I mean, just an absolutely huge one for Sunday. And honestly, I know, obviously, he's not playing cornerback, but um, I think the return of Grover Stewart is so big because now you feel like, okay, um, maybe you have the makeup with your defensive line and your linebackers to kind of take care of Mixon in that run game. I also thought Chase Brown, the other running back they used on Monday, was pretty good, the kid from Illinois. Uh, But maybe you don't throw, you know, Julian Blackman or Rodney Thomas or Nick Cross into the box uh, to try and help out that run game, because you need to commit as many guys, I think, in coverage in the secondary uh, as need be, because it's not just Jamar Chase. And, you know, certainly you need multiple bodies accounting for Chase. But, I mean, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd made some huge, huge plays. And, I mean, if you look at the cold schedule, it's DeAndre Hopkins and a bunch of, you know, kind of misfits at in the Tennessee wideout group. Um, you know, when you look at Tampa, they found some some – success against you with some depth at wideout. Certainly the Saints did that if you go back a month ago. And then I think Jacksonville in both matchups did that as well. Well, Cincinnati has got all of that and more. I mean, you know, Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley, they aren't Jamar Chase either. So um, that to me is just a huge, huge storyline for this weekend. And it's the depth being tested at corner. Um, Like you said, Daryl Baker Jr. and Jalen Jones, uh, you know, how much are those guys playing? Um, you know, is Juju Brent's going to be available? You know, I think I believe he didn't participate today in the walkthrough, obviously Thursday practice is going to be, you know, huge for him. Um, so that'll be a big one to, uh, to keep an eye on.
1: So Kevin Bowen morning show is the morning wake up call with KB and Andy and Kevin's on the Andy Moore automotive group hotline with us. I'll get to the Pacers tomorrow in that semifinal in Vegas in just a minute. What'd you make of value? Were you dialed in? You have Peacock because you're a Notre Dame guy, right? So you probably already had it, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Did you have to go
1: through this fiasco of it? Oh no. I'm not participating in fiascos, thank you. <laughs> I I watched highlights, um, because there are plenty, they're worthy, social media wise. You can find you can pretty much keep up with everything highlight wise via social media, and I listened to Don and Eric and John. Last night. There you go. Now, now I'll, you go. I'll have to find other means. I'm going to have to get with the program at some point because I'm not going to miss a second of IU and Purdue. But last night was kind right. of my crossing my arms, old crusty fart, saying, no, not tonight. But at some point, I'm going to have to get with the program.
0: Well, uh, they turned the ball over a million times early on. They did? Their defense was pretty good early, and that kind of kept them in it. And then I thought, I hate it. Boy, to me, I don't think there's any debate. I mean, Cleo Ware has been the best thing about Indiana all season long. I mean, it's to me, it's been pretty impressive. watching them, and not at all. Maybe I had a negative vibe on them coming from Oregon, and that well, it's a motor issue, and you know, it's an Oregon team that doesn't even make the NIT, and he, or maybe they did make the NIT, but they, they were bad, and you know, barely could even get on the floor for them. Um, and boy, he is just so skilled, and both ends of the floor. And you know, for those that did watch, I mean, late last night it was you know, a huge pass out of a double team. Um, for Galloway, you know, layup, and then it was a big block on the other end, and then he had kind of, had, you know, Kareem sky hook, if you will, uh, to take the lead there. He was outstanding, and the CJ Gunn was really, really important. And their bench in general—I mean, the bench was pretty balanced, uh, but certainly CJ Gunn on both ends gave them big minutes, and they need that right now because Galloway can't throw it in the ocean. Um, I thought he played pretty poor. You know, I think Mike Woodson frankly, has just put too much on Galloway's plate, and. Expecting him to or needing him to play whatever, thirty-five minutes a night as your starting two guard for Indiana. Um, to me, it's a fine player, but that, you just needed to do more in the off-season at guard to help him out. And obviously, without Xavier Johnson, you you, you need more from him as well. So they weathered the storm, um, and I know Michigan and Maryland are not great teams, but still, 2-0 in the Big Ten yep. is 2-0, and they needed to do that, and now I think they need one on Saturday. I, I think you need something on the road or away from home, I should say, in that non-conference resume. I don't think Louisville is obviously going to be that. So if you can get one over Auburn, not that Auburn's great, but it'll be something, uh, and then maybe play with a little bit of house money against Kansas a week from Saturday. You,
1: know, you mentioned Trey, uh, and – I I expect more from him. I expect more than what they're getting and I, I do think it's essential. Maybe it's foolish with that expectation consistently for him, but but I do and I, I think that you need more than what he's going to have to offer and, and what you can have would be three and twelves like last night. I, I just I expect more. I think everybody should expect more from him. Maybe it's foolish, but that's how I feel.
0: Yeah, I just you know he, he never was a shooter in high school, and uh, you know it's not like he was this you know highly top one hundred kid. I, I I don't think you ever looked at him and thought in year three of a Mike Woodson team that's recruited at the level of Mike Woodson that that Woodson has that he should be a guy score. I mean, you're they don't guard two, him though, what?
1: Kev. They don't go gu- I mean, a, an unguarded three make to at least be consistent with that because nobody checks him. They don't pay attention to him. Outside of three and have not developed that is concerning for me. Right. I mean, somebody at that level.
0: I just never saw him show signs of it in high school and and just never really thought that he would turn into anything of a lead guard. And that's what you're asking him to be. I mean, you're asking him to be, again, a starting two guard. And sure, I mean, twelve. what is he now, 12 straight misses, something like that from from three. Obviously, you expect a higher bar than that. But to me, that screen – and they tried to, I guess. I mean, they tried to go after that uh, Dalton um, Connect who transferred to Tennessee Tennessee. and what was the – I think the Harvard kid. I mean, they obviously tried in the portal to get some guard wing help and just kind of struck out, really. And I don't know, maybe Hood Schofino, it was thought he'd be two years. Um, But still, uh, I I just think there's – I know he shot it great in the summer and there was all this intrigue about it. But still, I think at this point in his career, you kind of know what he is and he can drive and he can – Make some smart plays, and he can be a nice rotational piece, but just starting two-guard at Indiana, I don't know about that. All
1: right, Pacers, Milwaukee, you get Damian Lillard this time. There's no way that's not going to be a completely sterile environment in Vegas tomorrow afternoon, is there? Isn't that a concern of yours with what they got energy-wise on Monday and what they're not going to get in that fashion tomorrow?
0: You know, it's funny you say that. I was. my wife's cousin lives in Vegas. Um, die Hard Pacers fans, by League Pass. They've got three young kids uh, sent us a video on Monday night of them celebrating the win over the Celtics because they could go to the game coming up uh, tomorrow afternoon. So I texted her a little bit earlier today. I was like, all right, how much were tickets? And she's like, oh, man, um, lower level in – the I, I think it was like you know top row of the lower level for less than a hundred bucks. I mean, I mean that to me is extremely low for you know what you would consider some sort of marquee game. Um, and again, it's two o'clock out there tomorrow local time. So um, that uh, yeah, I am I'm, I'm very curious to see what the environment's going to be. Yep. Uh, obviously, T-Mobile from a you know uh, size standpoint is huge. I mean it's an eighteen thousand. Theater Arena, I think the Knights play there, obviously some UFC action as well. Um, yeah, like, how did tickets work? We we had J.J. on, Jeremiah Johnson on earlier, and I, I was kind of curious, like, you know, in no way could you have incorporated that into, like, even a, a potential season ticket package. <laughs> I, get, I can't see, like, all of a sudden the Pacers and the Bucks like, you know, having whatever 500,000 season ticket holders fly out to the game, it's just such late notice. So, uh, I have no idea why the game's starting at 5 o'clock. Like, you know, talking with Eddie Garrison earlier, and he was like, well, you don't want to match up to Thursday Night Football. Well, put one at six and put one at 8.30. One of the games – You're going to you gonna have to. It's going to have to
1: anyway. Football. It doesn't matter. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, you know, bump one to six or bump one to – I mean, hell, seven and 9.30, I mean, that's what we usually do, or eight and 10.30 is honestly what we usually do from an NBA standpoint. So, very confused about the, the timing. I've loved so much of what the in-season tournament has been, but – um, I get Vegas is very appealing to a lot of players for a lot of reasons, but still, uh, environment-wise, it's going to be quite the difference, I would think, from what Monday night was.
1: All right, you got KB and Andy coming up in the morning at 7 a.m. Kevin Bowens on the Andy Moore Automotive Crew hotline. Yeah, make sure you keep old Redbeard in line over there, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, how, how's the new studio treating you? That's fine. Yeah, I'm just kind of sitting here. Kurt's in here for James. James is down at his grape smugglers and in the Florida Keys right now. So, yeah, just hanging out. No, not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, my brother. I appreciate you. We'll, uh, We'll talk at you again soon, Kev. Thank you. All right, John. Yep, no problem. Kevin Bowen on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline.